you guys. Flickers of fear time once again. Now, in my recent discussion over on my Scare Salon channel where I broke down all of the VHS series of films, I admitted that I was not the biggest fan of found footage, which, you know, anybody that knows me already knows that because I kind of say it all the time. But I did concede, and I do concede, that there are several examples of the subgenre that I actually quite enjoy and think are great movies. And one of those is the movie that we're going to be talking about today, which I actually saw many years ago. I can't even remember the first time I saw it, but somehow like I never got around to reviewing it. So I thought, even though I said that it was going to be a while before I did more found footage. Yeah, I'm going back on that promise. Sorry about that. Um, you know, cause I was like, well, I really have to get around to this one. Cause this one is kind of like an iconic, uh, found footage film. So this is the 2007 Spanish movie wreck. Now, the movie, it's conceptually, I'll agree, not really all that original, um, but it succeeds really because of its claustrophobic setting. I think that's like a big thing. It has a very, very tight, like action-packed runtime. It's really short. It's only like an hour and 17 minutes or something like that, so it doesn't fuck around. Um, and it also has like a somewhat unique explanation for what is essentially like a zombie-esque like outbreak sort of narrative, but it has kind of a little bit of an original cause, which you don't really see in a lot of movies. Now, like a lot of found footage movies, and I kind of feel like this is probably like the main reason why a lot of people don't like them, is because it has like a lot of shaky cam and a lot of kind of like, you know, there's scenes where there's just all this chaotic movement and you're really not sure what it is that's going on. This movie does have that some, but I kind of feel like in this case, and I'm not really sure why, but in this case, I kind of feel like um, the visual confusion here actually enhances the horror rather than detracting from it, as sometimes you see in like some maybe lesser examples of the subgenre, I guess, because this one, you really get the sense that you as the viewer have been plunged into this hellish situation like right alongside all of the characters who are all they're not real clearly delineated I mean other than the main uh the main lady who's like the tv host but are still like relatable enough just like as human beings they're just like you know just randomly sketched in but you can still like get a sense of them as characters and there aren't a huge amount of characters anyway because it's kind of a one location film I kind of feel like that's the thing I kind of feel like the whole point of found most found footage movies, I feel like, is they're trying to immerse you in this situation, making you feel like you're there. And a lot of them really don't do that, but Wreck totally, totally does. So Wreck was written and directed by uh, two guys whose names I'm sure I'm going to butcher. <laughs> Jaume ba uh, Balaguero and Paco Plaza. Uh, I think that I got that sort of right. Uh, and it was actually shot in Barcelona. Now, it was such a critical and commercial hit, it actually made 16 times back, like, its $2 million budget, um, that, you know, an American remake was probably inevitable. And in 2008, we got one. It was called Quarantine. Um, and it actually retained a lot of the film's plot and kind of, like, aesthetic, I guess. But for some reason, um, Quarantine, like, changed the whole inciting cause of the outbreak, which... I don't know, that was kind of a weird decision. I'll talk a little bit more about that later. But I mean, I remember seeing Quarantine a while back, 
um, and thinking it was all right. Like, I thought it was, like, pretty decent, like, for an American remake of a foreign film. But, you know, as with most of these types of situations, I feel like the original is a great deal better. And if you're only going to see one of them, I would recommend the original, obviously. Uh, Wreck, and then I didn't know this until today, actually, but it um, spawned three sequels, <laughs> for Christ's sake, because everything has to be a franchise these days. Uh, Wreck 2 actually came out in 2009. Wreck 3 Genesis came out in 2012, and then Wreck 4 Apocalypse came out in 2014. I can't really comment on those because I haven't seen them. Like I said, I didn't even know they existed until today. Um, but it does seem, just from a, you know, peremptory kind of, like, look at all the reviews and stuff, that Wreck 2 seemed to get a pretty positive reception from, like, critics and fans and stuff. Um, while, you know, obviously, like, as it went on in the franchise, I feel like reviews of, like, the latter two films were a little bit more, like, mixed to that. So at the start of Wreck, we are introduced to kind of like our main character. She's a TV presenter named uh, Angela Vidal, and she's played by Manuela Velasco, who I think was in three of the Wreck movies. I don't think she was in the third one, but I think she was in all the other ones. So she's kind of a host of like, it's kind of like a documentary reality style show, which is called While You're Sleeping. Uh, the premise of this show, I uh, obviously, is to go around and kind of like interview people who work nights or who are otherwise up to interesting things at night, like while everybody else is sleeping, obviously. Now, on this particular night, Angela and her, I believe, never seen cameraman, Pablo, like he's referred to all the time, but I don't think like he's ever shown. So they're doing a piece on firefighters at a Barcelona, like, fire station. Now, at first, obviously, everything seems normal. And, uh, matter of fact, like, Angela is kind of, like, getting bored. She's not really sure if this firefighter piece is going to be interesting enough for the show. Because, you know, obviously, anybody that knows anything about firefighters, most of the time, like, when there's not a fire or another kind of call, like an emergency, the firefighters just kind of have to wait. They just kind of have to sit around. So it's like sometimes they take naps or they play cards or they watch TV or they're, like, in the dining room eating or whatever it is they're doing. So they're just kind of, like, sitting around. So, um, you know, waiting for something to happen. So Angela, like, while she's interviewing one of the guys, she even jokes to one of the men. She's like, well, don't, you know, kind of don't take this the wrong way, but I kind of wish that something would happen. Like, not a fire, not anything bad or anything like that, but just something would happen so they would have, like, something to film so they're not just, like, sitting around at this fire station. Because, like she said, she's getting a little bit bored and she wants kind of something to, like, spice the show up, you know. Well, soon enough, uh, you know, careful what you wish for, because <laughs> soon enough she gets her wish. So a call comes in from a Barcelona apartment building, like nearby. Now it isn't a fire, they know that, and initially they don't really seem to be in a big rush because the report said it didn't it didn't sound like all that serious. What it was was that it seemed like there was this older woman at this apartment building and she's, I, they guess, like fallen down or like hurt herself and she's kind of acting weird, like acting erratically. She's up in her apartment, she's screaming her head off and a bunch of her neighbors like called the police. And a couple of officers have already arrived there, like, when the firefighters got there. So the other residents of the building who are all, like, cranky and, you know, in their jammies and robes and stuff, because, you know, it's kind of, like, late at night and they've been woken up, they're just kind of, like, standing around in the lobby, like, when Angela and Pablo get there, being like, yeah, we don't know what the fuck was up with that lady. She's just up there, like, screaming her fucking head off, and we don't know why. We think she's probably hurt. So Angela and Pablo um, are able to convince a couple of the firefighters, whose names are Alex and Manu, to allow them to kind of, like, 
like follow their movements upstairs. They're like, you know, this will be really good for the show. You know what I mean? It's it's hopefully not that serious, but it'll be like good TV. You know what I mean? So they want to follow them upstairs, like while they go up and check on the women's well-being. Now the cops are going up there too. They're not super happy about it, but you know, they eventually like kind of concede that they can come up there. So they go into the apartment that belongs to this old woman. Um, her name is Mrs. Izquierdo. Izquierdo is, I think, is how they said her last name. Um, they go in there, and uh, it looks like she's kind of in bad shape. Uh, she's kind of, like, gesturing very strangely or, like, kind of a little bit aggressively. And the front of her nightgown is, just, like, covered with blood, and they can't really figure out where she looks. So she looks, like, pretty fucked up. Now, when the police officers approach her, like, to see what's the matter, she basically just, like, jumps at them and bites one of them in the neck, like, tearing this big piece of flesh off. So, there's all this pandemonium, obviously. Uh, the woman gets temporarily subdued, and the officer that was bitten, like, everybody just kind of, like, you know, gets together and carries him downstairs, like, hopefully to get some medical attention. When the gang get back down to the lobby, however, they discover that they suddenly are not allowed to leave the building. Uh, cops and the military have surrounded the place and locked them in, but initially will not tell them why they have done this. Uh, and then, very suddenly, Alex, one of the firefighters, is actually, like, thrown over the third floor railing to his very gruesome death, like, on the tiles of the lobby floor in what is actually, like, a really, really good, like, jump scare because just he suddenly just, like, splat, like, on the floor like that. Um, naturally, everybody flips the fuck out at this, as you would. And at this point, you know, they're like, yeah, you guys can't leave. And they're like, the hell we can't. So Angela and Pablo start, like, you know, trying to get, like, helping out the residents, like, how they're trying to find another way out of the building, obviously. But pretty much everywhere they think of, uh, like, to turn to... Uh, there's more cops and more soldiers. And then, like, as they're kind of, like, struggling, they're like, maybe we can go out on the patio, maybe we can go out, like, through the attic or whatever. Um, you know, the building has now actually been covered with, like, plastic sheeting. So it's almost kind of like, like they're bug bombing the place, you know what I mean? Like, it's all just, like, closed off. So from that point, Wreck becomes essentially, like I said, a zombie movie. Um, only it's one that's confined to a single three-story apartment building with really no way to escape. Now, eventually, they do let a health inspector guy, and he's got, like, all the gear on and everything. Like, he comes inside, and he basically tells all the people in there that this very highly contagious disease has broken out in the building, and they're trying to keep it contained. But whatever they're doing is obviously not working because this infection, which is, seems like something like rabies, and they do say later that it probably, like, came from a dog, like, uh, at a vet in the neighborhood, and so this rabies-like infection, like, continues to spread throughout, like, all the people trapped in the building, and it takes out pretty much everybody until Angela and Pablo are the only ones left, pretty much. Uh, so then there's, like, this really, really, the final, like, very, very frightening final sequence has them kind of just keep it going up and up and up. They're trying to, like I said, they're trying to get out, like, through the roof or something like that because they can't get out any other way. And so they're trying to find refuge, too, in this supposedly empty, like, penthouse apartment. Like, the guy that manages the building told them, you know, somebody owns it, but nobody lives there. Like, so it's usually empty. But when they get in there, uh, they actually discover instead what is, like, the horrible secret of what probably caused the infection in the first place. 
So as I mentioned, you know, so the plot of Wreck is not anything particularly novel. Obvi obviously, it's like a zombie outbreak type of narrative. But I think the the winner here is like the execution. I mean, it keeps like the pedal to the metal like pretty much the entire time and puts you like up close and personal with like all the events as they unfold. I have to say too that I think it was a really smart move to add in this whole extra layer of the mistrust of the authorities kind of angle because there's a thing where like the none of the officials outside obviously they've trapped these people in this building and they won't tell them what's going on and so inside like the residents are thinking they don't care they just like locked us in here to die like once they figure out that like there's an infection spreading so the fact that they have this whole like um you know anti-authority thing where they're afraid that the government officials outside aren't telling them anything that gives angela and pablo in particular because they're tv reporters like an impetus to want to film everything that's happening so that like when we get out of here we can prove that there was a cover-up and we can blow this case wide open and all this other kind of stuff so it gave them a reason to like keep filming um you know because that's the thing and i think i brought this up on the vhs thing was that i think that's kind of like a a thing that you always have to like get around with found footage movies is you know you always have to keep explaining like why people why the people would keep filming when like a normal person would have stopped you know what i mean so they did actually it was like really believable in this movie like why they would keep doing what they were doing um also like in the final sequence i liked that when they got up to the penthouse like um you know the the light on the camera had broken like earlier and they get up to the penthouse and the power's out and so then they have to use the camera like for the night vision so they can see because you know obviously they couldn't see otherwise so i think it was like good they maintained like a good level of like credibility like throughout like why somebody would keep filming in that situation now as i said the revelation of the cause behind the outbreak while unusual and admittedly a little bit implausible like it's a little bit strange but it was still like refreshingly different um, it kind of brought something of like a supernatural via science angle. It's almost like a scientific possession type of thing. Um, and that's not usually something that you see in a lot of zombie type movies. So I think like the fact that the infection was explained in these terms was really one of the things that made the movie stand out. And that's why it was like sort of mystifying to me that the American remake kind of did away with that sort of intriguing backstory and went with something like more standard, you know what I mean? Which I don't know why they did that. I mean, Quarantine, like I said, I'm not gonna lie, it's still a decent movie, but Wreck was definitely like a bit more inventive in that regard because at least it had like a little bit of an original take on it. So, I mean, if you're at all into found footage, I mean, Wreck is right up there with like all the best examples of the subgenre. And I feel like if you have any interest at all in the form in that subgenre, then probably this one is one that's kind of like required viewing, you know what I mean? Uh, it's a really fantastic example of the principle of less is more, um, you know what I mean? It's just basically just one location, just a handful of characters. It's very, very tightly uh, contained, very tightly edited, and it really maintains like a high level of scares with just, like I said, a few characters in a very, very dangerous, very confined space. And it also has one of the creepiest, like, final sequences in recent memory. Like, when they find what is essentially, like, Patient Zero, that is some fucked up looking shit. And just the way it's filmed, like, through the night vision is really, really effective and, like, really, really creepy. So that will do it for this Flickers of Fear, and I will see you guys again on the next one. Bye.